I, I think that you can, you can do it. I, I really, you, you know deep down and you're better than what you've got going on in business right now. How old are you going to be before you start to experience life like you want it? I want to tell you right now, whether you like it or not, there is a better way to do business. Hi everyone, welcome to the Business for Builders podcast. Welcome to you if you're in YouTube land. My name's Max, I'm the CEO of uh, Smith & Sons here in Canada. Uh, And on this episode, I will be talking about my three favorite things, profit, people, and proactivity. Let's get started. Uh, Actually, before I do, be sure to like and subscribe and share the information. Uh, We really want to bring our general contractor community as much value as we can. So uh, anyway, let's get on with it. Uh, Look, profit is something that uh, all of us business folks want. Uh, Without profit, we can't uh, build a business, period. We don't have a lifestyle and essentially we we run a very uh, unsuccessful or low performance business. And so you know, I think, you know, I'm going to talk about the three Ps that I'm going to talk about profit and people and, and productivity and probably without really knowing it, they all do tie together fairly, you know, fairly tightly. And so, um, look, I think when I chat to a lot of perspective, I chat to a lot of general contractors, you know, about their situation, about what they're doing. Um, and I ask them all kinds of things, you know, what, what sort of uh, cloud-based software are you using as a job management uh, tool? Uh, you know, what are you using for, for accounting and reporting and, and bookkeeping, all that sort of stuff. And then the other thing I talk to them about, I want to get to know, you know, because there's there's what I call paradigms. Maybe that's another P, profit in brackets paradigm. And, you know, I, I think that, and I talk a lot about this uh, in the fact that your knowledge and experience is actually worth something. And of course, you know, all of our guys for the most part and uh, for most of the time do get paid uh, to submit proposals for construction work. Um, but when I talk to the to, to the local general contracting fraternity about you know hey share with me what sort of markups you're applying, um, you know I had one conversation with a gentleman yesterday and and he told me what his markup percentage was and I basically said flat out mate you're going broke. Uh, now he, he did sort of clarify and said look he wasn't supplying materials, um, but bottom line is you know ten percent if you're marking up right now you'd you must have something going on if you're able to run a high performance successful and profitable business if you're only marking up by ten percent uh, because I couldn't do that I couldn't you know I couldn't operate a business I couldn't grow a business for sure uh, with that kind of markup so you know I think it's your attitude a lot of the time uh, we we probably undervalue ourselves on one hand but then on the flip side we're actually not demonstrating value to the client. And so it's any wonder that we all of a sudden go down and start competing on price. And this is a real office, so that's a real phone call. So hopefully our, our, uh, our admin can handle this while I'm doing this podcast. So let's just power on. Um, but, you know, I think for the most part, when, when we're, you know, and one thing leads to another. So if you haven't got, and I've said this before, even to my staff, it's like the way you think determines how you feel and the way you feel determines the actions. And then the actions that you do develop into habits. So all of a sudden, you're going to lock and load yourself into a, a process or a method um, or, or a level of activity, activity which really does, uh, it's really way below what it needs to be if you're going to operate a high-performance building company. So, you know, it's, and then, you know, a guy say to me, well, okay, then I'll start marking up, you know, by double and triple what I was originally doing. The problem with that is you're now just doing it for the money. 
See, profit is a natural byproduct of good estimating, but really, uh, you know, profit and, and and that side of it is going to be really generated by your ability to demonstrate value to the client. So we don't ever compete on price. Um, you know, we do preliminary building contracts. We do, you know, we, we do quantity takeoff services and things like that before we actually go to the build. And that really does, uh, that really separates us from the other builders in the marketplace. We are a design and build company. We are not a commodity. I would encourage you that if you're just looking for people's plans to go and quote on, you're now a commodity. They are just going to use you as a price checker and you're going to frustrate the life out of yourself and certainly you're going to make no money. Uh, and so really to develop a business, you've got to be able to uh, you know, sell your services at a certain level, but people have got to be able to be prepared to buy at that level as well. So if you're not demonstrating value, then you, you're going to struggle to actually be comfortable with charging more money. So for us in this ecosystem, we know that, um, you know, clients want peace of mind and security. They, they don't want to go to bed stress. They don't want to have that feeling of, I don't know what's going to happen, you know, with my money and my, my project. They, they really want to know uh, in advance what's going to happen. Nobody likes surprises. We all like birthday surprises, but um, nobody likes, uh, you know, tragic financial or project uh, surprises. So, you know, the, the way that you talk about it, so the profit will be a natural byproduct. Profit is actually tied to the way that you <clears throat> message, um, you know, across the board, whether that's in social, um, you know, whether that's the way you set your, you know, your Google situation up. But it's, it's really just, uh, you know, it's important that we understand that, you know, without profit, you, profit is what creates operational capital. So if you're having trouble, and here's the other thing that ties into it. If you're not making money, that means you can't hire good folks and you can't build a business without good people. So it, everything is starting to hinge off profit. And of course, you know, like I said, the profit is going to come from people's perception of your business and how you roll uh, and and that then they're either going to accept your services at your rate or they're not. Now, if you feel like you've got to act desperately and try and really, you know, win jobs on price, you're really going out the back door at a rate of, you know, death by a thousand paper cuts. Uh, and yet you're really not building a business. You're really just getting by. You may be cutting a wage, but you're not, you, you, you're trying to get good labor and you get someone good and you can't hold them. Because I'm telling you, you if you're going to get good labor, uh, you, to do these jobs that you're quoting on, if you're not making money out of the projects, you're not going to be able to hold them and, and keep them. So you, you're actually stabbing your own business in the neck with a big knife. You're killing yourself. You're killing your business. So we talk to our guys, especially when we're doing the marketing side, it's like more leads, more profit, better lifestyle. It all ties together. That's how we, we want to build business. We want to build businesses uh, that are, are safe and secure. We don't actually want to go in there and try and go, oh, we're going to 10x this guy's business and then he falls over in 18 months. That's not what we want. Um, we want to have all of these things that in with regards to profit. We want to make sure, you know, there's two ways you're going to make money. The, the amount of markup that you put on and how well you are at monitoring your fixed expenses and what it takes to run your business. Uh, and the other, yeah, so those are the two main categories where you can actually make profit. Now, what you can do, now, if you're in cost plus, this won't apply. But for us guys doing fixed price contracts, and if you're looking for a reason to even consider doing fixed price contracts, this might be one of them. Let's say we do a project and, you know, let's say there's $100,000 worth of building materials. Now, that is what we call an estimate. It's a budget that we've set. Uh, and we've done that, you know, maybe off the back of supply quotes, subcontractor quotes, and things like that. We put out, you know, what we call our, you know, our, our preferred profit margin, 
or markup percentage, however you want to slice it. And then during construction, so once you flick the switch on, uh, you go to contracting, you go, thank you, Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, under contract, sign here, sign here, sign here. Here's an invoice for the, you know, the, the contract signing stage. You know, give us a, a percentage deposit. They do that. You're off to the races. Now, here's the other way that you can make money. If you've budgeted for you know, $100,000 worth of materials and through efficient building practices and, and methodologies within your construction and your execution, what if you could save 5% of your, your estimated budget? Now, you're only going to know this uh, from doing you know, work in progress reports and being able to do back costing and analysing on the fly uh, how your expenses are going. But you know, our system can show us how well we're doing what's the variation are we are we in the green or are we in the red <clears throat> so during the project you can see if actually your budgets uh actually have been very conservative and you're above what your actual spend was uh the other side of it is where your budgets are low are much lower so you've got overages but if you get to the end of it and you know like i said before profits are natural byproduct of good estimating so if you're estimating shit you're not going to make any money uh, if you don't believe in yourself and you're marking up by a pathetic percentage, then you're not going to make any money. So, but by the end of this project, if you've dropped, you know, you've been able to spend only say ninety or ninety-five thousand on building materials, you're, you've essentially added more to your gross profit. So that's kind of the third way that you can make money. But you, you're going to have a hard time doing that on cost plus. I'd believe it would be pretty impossible. So, you know, I think that you know we all want the profit, but we have to do. There's a bunch of things you can't just run out there and, and start you know, working on a 30% margin uh, or a 30 to 33 to 35% margin. You just can't run out and do that because what you're going to think if you've just been, you know, marking up by 15%, you're going to wonder how, I, how it is that I can almost triple my markup uh, and, and start selling it at that rate because I was having a hard enough time running, you know, jobs at 15%. Well, see, that's, that's, that means there's an inherent problem within your business and in your marketing. This is why that the amount of money that you can make uh, from the clients comes down to your, your marketing message and your marketing methods and your practices. Uh, and so, you know, for us, I'm not sure how many inquiries that we've had this month, but I think uh, in the first, say, two and a half months of the year, we've probably had nearly 250 inquiries. Don't even know what the forecast build value would be. It'd be over, over 20 million so far. And, and currently we've got, you know, about eight operators in the field that are actually working. Uh, and so we're able to sort of, you know, as as the as the organization grows with general contractors, we just step up how we are doing our marketing, and it's really a wash, rinse, and repeat. We're about to launch our uh, another operator on the island, and we're talking around. You know, how we're going to do Facebook. Uh, you know, we, we, we're building audiences. We're going to talk about how we're going to. Um, you know, we do a lot of marketing and branding type advertising for several weeks. And then, you know, after that, and we've established some audiences, some groups, then we start moving into more targeted call to action type right hooky uh, lead generation campaigns. So there is definitely, it is absolutely a science to what it is that we do in the, in the marketing. And what that does is because it's geared in, in such a way to show more of a niche type marketplace, a very boutique builder, very uh, top shelf type operation uh, because we talk about peace of mind and security and satisfaction in our marketing the the message actually links or it actually it dovetails into what people see when they actually go to our website so if you went to smithandsons.ca right now you would see mostly um, not even below the fold or just below the fold there's uh, you know nine or so 
uh, customer testimonials. And then, of course, in you know, there's there's more where that came from. So I think we've already recorded one or two this year, uh, customer testimonials. We believe in that a lot. I mean, what's better to have a, a past customer talking to a prospective customer? Cut the GC out of the operation. Let's just get those guys chatting. That's what we call a transfer of trust too, by the way. Uh, we have brand new franchisees that come into this operation as general contractors, and they automatically benefit from the, the, the trust that's been built in our brand by the work that we've done over the last three or four years since we started or st- since we, we begun to trade. So, you know, that, that, has, has, that is the benefit that GCs will automatically gain. When people say to me, what do I get when I join Smith & Sons? Well, there's a whole bunch of stuff that you get. But at the end of the day, there's things that are a little bit more below the surface that we don't, it's not tangible. But I'm telling you, when you go to that website and you're wearing the Smith & Sons brand, uh, there's something where you can now go out as a under the brand of Smith and Sons, and and people just recognise our general contractors. It, they don't say, "Well, how long have you been with Smith and Sons?" Usually, um, they just assume that everyone that goes out is up to speed and is a, is, a, is a quality general contractor. And I'm in charge of recruiting, so uh, good, bad, and the ugly, I'm responsible. So uh, that's interesting. So uh, that's that's profit, you know. Uh, so as much as marketing and profit are tied together, like I've just tried to explain really quick, the next thing is we're talking about is people. And I think from the get-go, you've got to understand that to have good people in your business, uh, I really think that people, the, the quality of your human resource is tied to your uh, level of leadership. Now, I've said this before, the speed of the leader determines the speed of the pack. Essentially what I'm saying is that if you want great people on your team, you've got to be a great person. Uh, and and what, I, what I would suggest to you is um, that if you're not developing in your leadership capabilities and you're not pushing yourself to be a better leader, then what, what you're going to find is that, you know, we have this saying, if I'm talking to GCs right now or even sub-trades or whatever, you know, I've said this before to, to superintendents that I've worked for, it's like, hey, mate, you know, when you pay peanuts, you get monkeys because I'm not going to work for that or whatever. So I'm telling you as a general contractor, if you're a general contractor or you're a subcontractor and you're running a crew of guys, I'm telling you the, the speed of your business is determined by your level of leadership, period. At the end of the day, people don't want to be with somebody who's a knucklehead. They don't want to be with somebody that doesn't appreciate, you know, what they do. Now, I'm not saying that employees are perfect because they are not. But at, at times, we blame 100% the employee. When you've got to look in the mirror sometimes and go, actually, I could be better. And, you know, at the end of the day too, as the CEO of Smith & Sons Canada and the USA, uh, anything that happens really well, here's, here's what I would, and I stole, this is a Gary V-ism. If you don't know who Gary V is, you need to check him out. But, you know, everything that good that happens in my business, I love to deflect to the, my staff, to the franchised operators, be, because I think it's just good karma. And then, of course, anything where the, where the shit hits the fan and there's problems, I'm not going to really run around and blame anyone for that. I'm going to take responsibility for that. You know why? Because when I do that, now I own the solution. I can sit there and go, right, there's no more talk about whose fault it is. What are we going to do to rectify the situation? Uh, and it does two things. It makes it, There's actually a part of that process that makes me feel good. And I'm sure that, that when I'm dealing with staff that where there might have been an oversight or there was an error, um, it, it's, you know, we're not going to put a sword to them. It's just like, okay, we, what, what do we do? Actually, I heard of a story um, where the, the Microsoft executive team or the board called one of their major executives in 
uh, because he'd made a major error. Like it was a million dollar error. So he really came cap in hand, ready to lose his job. And the the the, the board members or whoever it was that was in charge, the president of the company, um, he basically came with his resignation in hand, put it on the desk. Now you can imagine that this guy had probably been a fairly uh, influential uh, person within, say, Microsoft or whichever the major corporate it was, and he he'd made an error, he'd made an oversight, and. And, and obviously the guy that was the president or that was sitting on the board knew that this guy was a good operator uh, and that it was a very unusual, a very uncharacteristic of him to make that error. And he came with his resignation, put it on the table, and the president didn't have much conversation other than to say, what is that? And he said, well, that's my letter of resignation. He said, why would I let you go now? I've just made a million-dollar investment in you. Get back to work. So there's there's a leadership capacity that's, what I would call uh, is very responsive. It's not reactionary. Yeah, I'm sure it's not going to look good, a million-dollar loss on the on the profit and loss. And if it was Microsoft, they're probably not going to feel that anyway. Um, but at the end of the day, that that leader at that time chose to value the the quality of the person over business protocol. Now, if if he was an idiot and not a value to the to the business, then it may not have ended that way. But that guy obviously worked so hard, and the president of the company obviously, you know, really recognised that and chose to say, "Well, look, you, you might as well keep going because we've just made a massive investment in your education." So that's you know, and I think what we're talking about uh, is, and we go back to the in brackets P, which is paradigm. Uh, that's a paradigm shift for some of you guys. You could be at the gym, listen to this on your on your, you know on a podcast. You could be driving down the road, you know, to a client's meeting. You, you could be at the, you know, hardware. But at the end of the day, that that might be a bit of an epiphany for you. Like it might be, yeah, well, my first reaction is to fire that sucker instead of going, you know what, I, I'm going to, I value his ability uh, and what he does for my business. And so I'm going to, I'm going to continue to invest. And we talk about wanting good people, but good people really don't just happen overnight. It is a process. My ability to grow as a business leader is not something that happens overnight. So if I if I was to say that about myself, why don't I expect that from my staff? That it is a process, that it is a learning curve. And so me as a leader to really lead and to coach my staff here and also lead and coach my general uh, contractor franchise group, uh, it is the biggest challenge of my life. You know, I was just doing uh, – I've, I've recently uh, – I've recently engaged the services of a of, of a of a leadership type uh, coaching team. Uh, they're out of the states, and you know it really. You know, as I analysed my reasons for doing that, I looked at it and I thought, well, I, I've been married for twenty seven years to the same gal. Uh, I've got six kids. I've got you know five staff. I've got you know over twenty to twenty five people. You know, in our franchise group, including you know all of the stakeholders. I've got three business partners. My whole life is full of people. And it's because of those people that it actually gives me happiness. Um, you know, I, I love my job. I love coming into work and doing what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't do anything else. And I think that's really, there's, here's another Gary V-ism, and that is that, um, you know, I do value legacy over over currency. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I want to enjoy life. We talk about more profit as the first thing. Uh, or one of the you know one of those things in that category more leads more profit better lifestyle we want to improve people's lifestyle we want life to be better with smithies uh, and and you know we we're already seeing that and I think if you catch the last two podcasts I think I've interviewed you know a a twelve month veteran of of Smith and Sons and then a brand new guy uh, Jason and we we chatted you know about all things you know Smith and Sons 
And the thing that came through is that, you know, in a, in a nutshell, their life is better because of Smith & Sons. Now, that's not because we do anything magical. Um, particularly, we're very systemized in our approach. We're very scientific. Um, but and, and these guys have done their part to make that happen. And this is why we talk about a joining of forces. This is not you just buy something for us and you're on your way. Um, this is something where there is that joining of forces. We can't do it without them. And we'd like to think that they can, you know, run their building company and make more money and, and achieve more because they did join forces with Smith and Sons. So, you know, think about, you know, think about people uh, differently. And we're talking about your ability to, to, to build business relationships. You know, we're talking about the ability to, you know, deal with supplies a certain way. Uh, in our team meeting, we just talked about how retail is, is terribly challenging. You know, we, we've had staff members that, that have been, you know, in the retail sector. We've had one that works at a hardware store, one that's worked in hospitality. And they both have ugly stories about dealing with, with humans. Uh, and, and unfortunately, I can't control, you can't control, we can't control what other people do. What we can control is how we respond to that said challenge. And there's, and we, we had a joke about this too, because I, you know, I talked to general contractors um, about trying to get their mental conditioning into a point where, okay, there's a conversation you're going to have with clients, but then there's a conversation you're going to have with your steering wheel going back to the office. And it's just a fact. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm human. I'm the same. There's like, you know, I have a, you know, a professional approach, but then there's, then, then there's, you know, me and my time where I'm just pissed. Like, I just can't believe that just happened. But for the, when we're talking about playing the long game, I'm always going to do what's right for the long game. Now, am I perfect? No. Do I lose my cool occasionally? Of course. Um, but what I'm always trying to do is I'm always trying to strive um, to, to, to be a, you know, a high-level operator. And so I think this is really where us as general contractors, we need to turn the corner and just go from a, a reactive, unprofessional human being to someone who is more composed and someone who is more strategic in their thinking, and someone who actually operates out of uh, a, a level of being deliberate rather than out of being desperation. Uh, and I, look, I, you know, I think just to slide quickly back into profit, I think when we're making money, uh, there is a part of us. Now, I'm not saying money fixes everything because it flat out doesn't, but I've sort of had with and without, and I'd prefer to live life with it. And so I think that you know, for me, I know that my stress levels increase whenever there's financial pressure on me fact because you know it really does throw you into a bit of a sink or swim type arrangement and you know I've talked about how that when your emotion goes up your ability to make the good decisions comes down so just next time you know you're in a position feel the emotion starting to rise and know that what you're transferring is your ability to make good decisions that is disappearing so uh, it's why we always say, oh, gee, I must have been in the, in the emotion. I must have been emotional. I must have just caught, caught up in the moment, all that sort of stuff. That's essentially because the emotion goes up and your ability to make good decisions comes down. So, you know, I, I think about that when I'm dealing with people. And, um, you know, in some cases, um, you know, I've not, I've not controlled that. Uh, and then, then in other cases, I've been proud of, you know, how I've responded, how I've uh, handled that situation. So, you know, forgetting what's behind you, thinking about the kind of business that you want going forward is certainly where, you know, I think mentally we've got to be. Uh, and rather than, you know, whipping ourselves and going, you know, we're such bad operators, we're such bad humans, I would encourage you uh, as an operator to begin to invest in yourself. We started talking about, um, you know, profit and how, and then people, how people and leadership go tied, you know, hand in hand. I would certainly encourage you to start reading books. A, a book that I'm rereading currently is uh, seven highly effective uh, seven habits of highly effective people by Stephen Covey. Um, that's a really good deep dive into that. 
And then, uh, you know, I'm going to bring more to this podcast. You know, I've invested pretty heavily in this leadership uh, program and I'm certainly going to, you know, turn that around and, and deliver that to my franchised operators as it relates to strategic planning and business development, the area of leadership. But uh, I'll certainly be, begin to share a little bit more about leadership, um, you know, on our podcast here as well. So the last thing um, that, you know, I think I've already touched on it is, is, is proact- proactivity. So we've got profit and then we've got people and then we've got proactivity. And I think proactivity really just to sum up or, or to really uh, bring this podcast together is that, you know, in today's podcast, we've talked about profit. And we've talked about people. Now, if you're not making enough money and you haven't got good people, here's your chance to be proactive. Uh, show some resourcefulness, show some initiative, uh, be able to take stock and take responsibility for the things that have happened, both good and bad. Um, you know, if it is to be, it is up to me to make shit happen. Um, you know, if you walk around there and asking for handouts, you kind of, that means you'll build a business by default. We want to build a business by design. And so, you know, as it relates to proactivity, I think everything that happens in a day, you know, we are the sum total of all of our decisions that we have made in our life. And so that might be discouraging for the moment, but I want you to be encouraged and know that, okay, so that means that if I begin to change the way I view things and I begin to change, you know, the the way that I re- respond and, you know, rather than react, then my life can actually be, be, be better. And I think there's a lot of the time we've got to start building these narratives in our mind that are positive instead of just focusing on, you know, the political infrastructure that's, you know, falling apart and the wars that are happening and all these kinds of things. We've just got to maintain our focus. And so we want to be, you know, there's only so much you can change. Just I would encourage you to do well with what's in your hands. If you if you do realise that your leadership capability is down, then start to read a book. Start to look at some, you know, podcast information or listen to some podcast information. Start to look at some YouTube stuff and really just just begin to educate because I know that in the copy for this podcast, there'll be something along the lines of the more you learn, the more you earn, you know? And so really it's hard work to get the plane off the ground and get to that 40,000 feet cruising altitude. But the hardest thing you'll ever do is to get altitude because it's in that grind that you learn everything um, that you need to know. And then the, the byproduct or the natural result is that you will have you know, the, you, you will enjoy a business that provides you the better lifestyle that we talk about. Um, it's not a mystery. It's just freaking hard work. But don't just work hard at the same dumb shit all the time. Stand back, look at what's not working, and then, and then really roll into a proactive mindset that says, I'm going to go on the offense, I'm going to take full responsibility, and I'm actually going to, you know, endeavor to make my life better because no one is going to do it for you. So <clears throat> on, that, on that summary, uh, yeah, I think that you can, you can do it. I, I really, you, you know deep down and you're better than what you've got going on in business right now. And I, uh, I just want to be an encouragement and I, I really hope that information has helped you. So um, don't be afraid to reach out. You can uh, send me an email at max at businessforbuilders.ca and uh, you can text me at 250-241-8866 and uh, look, I'll respond to you as quickly as I can. And I really would love to uh, hear from you if, you, if you're really rocking it. And, um, and I would love to uh, hear some comments as to what you think this uh, podcast is about. So uh, go build a kick-ass business. I'll see you on the next episode. Cheers.